0: When's the last time you've been raw before someone, without a filter, words coming out that you never thought you'd say, emotions coming out, and when's the last time you were raw before God? Find out on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: Hey friends out there, we want to greet each one of you with a warm welcome here on Inverse. I want to invite my friends who are all around the world in their home studios in the midst of this season. And we are studying together the theme of discipleship. And if you want to follow along with us in our Bible study guides, you can go to InverseBible.org. Once again, InverseBible.org. And there you'll see our past episodes and past Bible study guides And you can follow along with us in our discussion. We're going to go to Luke chapter 11 today for this episode, and we're going to have a word of prayer. And Siku, can you pray for us, please?
1: Sure. Our loving father, we are thankful for the opportunity that we have to study your word, and we're thankful for the gift of prayer that we can communicate with you, not just hear from you, but we can open our hearts up to you. So we pray that um, as we have this divine interaction, that our lives will be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others as well. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Siku. Yeah, Jonathan, we can go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And for those of you who are out there who are watching, please get your Bibles out. You turned them on, whatever you got to do, and read with us. This, this program is called In Verse, so we want to be in the verse. And some passages are a little bit long, and we do that because we want to get the full context of what Jesus is trying to say. So, Jonathan, can you read from verses 1 to,
2: let's see, verse (laughs) 1. All right. Luke 11. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Thanks. So I'd say I'll, I'll to you verse 9 here uh so i say to you ask and it will
0: be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened if a son asks for bread from any father among you will he give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent instead of a fish here uh we see a wonderful passage uh Jesus talks about prayer. And I want to ask Israel, can you kind of recapitulate, uh, recap for us and what we talked about on discipleship and link this to our topic today on
3: on prayer? So the book of Luke is actually a manual on discipleship. And from the very beginning to the very end, it discusses this important topic of discipleship. It gives us two basic pictures. One of the Mm. pictures that Luke portrays of discipleship is this picture of a journey. And many times you'll hear him refer to the people of the way or going on the way or being a part of the way. This is referencing the journey that a disciple takes from being a follower to Christ from, from the beginning all the way to the end. Another important picture that's one of my favorites that is portrayed in the book of Luke is also this picture or this idea that discipleship is something that takes place within a family circle. And so over and over in the book of Luke, you'll see how there are these, these tie-ins into the family circle and this is kind of what is taking place in luke chapter 11 essentially what is taking place you find jesus christ speaking to his disciples and telling them how uh you know the the god god in heaven is like a father like these Mm -hmm. the disciples the people on this earth are like his children and so he begins to portray this picture of a family a picture between a father and a son and in this context in this dialogue prayer emerges And so in order to have a relationship, whether it's a relationship in the family, which the foundation, the basic foundation of these family units are between the husband and wife, there needs to be three things that happen. I need to be able to speak. There needs to be dialogue. I need to be able to speak with the people within my family circle. The second thing is I need to be able to listen. People need to speak to me and I I need to be able to listen to them. And thirdly, my family relationship needs to expand between just, my husband and wife and husband and children or father and children to the rest of the world. In other words, there, there's an impact that takes place. It starts in the family circle, but it expands beyond that. And so that's essentially what is taking place. And Luke is addressing the conversation that we have with God, how we speak to him.
0: Yeah, those are some great insights, uh, about family in the book of Luke. Let's actually go to verse, uh, verse one of, of Luke 11. It says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that he ceased and one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I think that's just so profound there. Uh, it shows you that it shows, at least for me, that prayer can be taught. It's not something inherent in people. It's not a gift. It's not a supernatural, uh, uh, spiritual gift, uh, so to speak. Every anyone can mm-hmm. can learn how to pray. Second, mm-hmm. it's something that perhaps the disciples before didn't know how to do, or that did it didn't do well, but afterwards were able to mimic or copy or to do as Jesus did. Um, Seek. I want to ask you what are what are some insights that you see from from prayer and discipleship from this passage in Luke eleven.
1: I mean, going with the, uh, the idea of seeing Jesus praying that something that they wanted to mimic that seeing the example of jesus is what led them to a desire to do it so prayer it was something that they saw there was something special in the way that jesus when he prayed to his father that they hadn't seen elsewhere apparently because it said teach us how to pray the way that you're praying um Mm. and so as disciples like wanting to have the kind of relationship that jesus had with his father they asked that jesus would teach them how to pray And so i guess in discipleship, it's important to be able to communicate with our Heavenly Father, just as Jesus communicated with his Heavenly Father. And I like when you said that it's something that can be taught. It's not just something that can be taught, but it's something that Jesus wanted to teach because Mm -hmm. he could have said, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to teach you right now. But he goes Mm -hmm. on to teach them. Give them a model for this is what it looks like when you pray and you talk to your heavenly Father. And so God, Jesus mm-hmm. wants us to be able to communicate with our heavenly Father. So it's it's part of our experience in our relationship with God.
0: I appreciate the family dynamic uh, and the the title that Jesus used for for God as Father that that Israel talked about. And then you also brought out that that Jesus prayed in a way that was that the disciples thought, man, this is this is something different, and we want to do that. Jonathan, I want to ask you what what was that, and what, do we, did we have to be? Did we have to be? Should we? I guess how am I supposed to phrase this question? I, do we have to have witnessed that, or can we have? I don't know. My verb tenses are totally wrong. Uh, to even here in 2020, uh, can we sense Jesus's type of prayer? Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, I'll still try to give an answer. What I find. think? I find it profound that, as Zico said, that the disciples heard Jesus pray, and they were so inspired by that. Uh, there must have been something about that prayer that was different to yeah, what, they what they were used that? to. Yeah, what was that? I mean, it wasn't like his and, voice, or was his inflection? Like, what? Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, Jesus, in a different spot, um, says talks about, you know, useless repetitions uh, that have been mm. going on. Maybe, maybe there was a, 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 a form of prayer going on in the temple. That was just repetitive or the same phrases mm-hmm. or, you know, certain uh, Bible verses that in and of themselves are not bad. But if you do it mindlessly, there's no real connection going on. Mm-hmm. And so they probably mm-hmm. heard Jesus talk to his father as a son talks to his father. And mm-hmm. uh, there was something mm-hmm. real about it. It was a, a deep connection. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, I mean, they, they saw Jesus. They were with him. That's what discipleship is all about, right? They, they, they spent time with him. They heard him talk to his father about the real things that are going on. They heard him weeping. They heard him 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 struggling with things. Uh, later on in the Bible, you know, in, in the Gospels, we have recorded the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. That we are being yes. told that the disciples were sleeping, but someone must have heard Jesus pray there in agony. You know, Father, not my will, but your will. So because it was recorded. Yes. So yeah. they were close to him. They heard him talk to his father. Um, and it was real, raw, um, and organic, to use a buzzword. So really, um, it, it was a, it wasn't vain repetition, an empty thing. It was a very close and and um, intimate that he had in. This his is a great
0: here. irony where where Jesus then prays what we call the Lord's Prayer, and just to your point that Jesus didn't pray in vain repetitions, but yet now in in modern contemporary Christianity, there are many of us who do pray the Lord's Prayer. Maybe not in a mm-hmm. vain way, but we do repeat it, and sometimes just verbatim without actually thinking about it, and and to have that raw, uh, organic experience, as you say. Um, Israel, I mm-hmm. want to ask you, so we went from Jesus' teaching the disciples, and then he goes into the Lord's Prayer, and then he busts out into a, a parable. Um, can you explain this parable and what the connection is here with prayer? And we can juice a lot out of this, uh, because yeah. this is one of Jesus' central teachings in the book of Luke, as you mentioned
3: as 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 we mentioned before in in the lord's prayer we're referring to god in heaven as a heavenly father and so mm-hmm. this is actually the picture more than anything what what jesus wants to do is he wants to give us an understanding as to what is the character of god and he's saying look the character of god is like an earthly father but a million times better and so he says as you in order in so in order to give us this picture of what the character of god looks like he then tells us this parable of someone who is not like god at all and he says Mm -hmm. there's a certain friend he comes to another friend in the middle of the night at an unreasonable time he asks for an unreasonable request and the person who was inside this friend who was inside at midnight in bed with his children he responds from inside and he says leave me alone i can't get up to fulfill your need and then jesus gives this punchline: there are some things that we will not do because of friendship in other words there are limitations to friendship But there aren't any limitations between your heavenly father and yourself. In other words, Mm -hmm. where in human relationships we have limits, there are no limits. There's nothing that God is not willing to do for the salvation of humanity. And so he says, there are limits to friendship. I will not arise and give you because you're my friend. But because of your persistence, I will give you as many as you need. And so Luke is trying to portray here a picture of the fact that God is able to give us what we need. And God is willing to give us what we need, but many times we stop. We don't persist in in our conversation with God because we give up too early. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, I have a different angle that that I kind of understand this is that because they were friends, that that he was able to be persistent because they were they were um, they were they were good friends. Um, and here Jesus was saying, like, look, isn't, if, if you can do this on a human level, how much more with God, along with your friendship and your persistence, uh, receive, more, how much more able is God able to answer, answer your prayer? I mean, I just remember, uh, I mean, I remember one time that I needed something and I actually called Israel and I was like, man, should I bother? Him? It wasn't at midnight and he wasn't in his, in his bed with his kids, but I was just thinking like that, eh, it's Israel. Like, I, I know I can bank on this. And because we're friends and because this is an emerging situation that I, I, I think he will, he will follow through. And so I called him and he didn't really pick up. So that was, that's a different situation. That's a different parable altogether. But the, -hmm. the the heart was there. Even the
2: ability wasn't there. Uh, Jonathan, it's a, um, it's very interesting to, to, to see that scene that Jesus plays out here. Um, Mm. the, the kind of, as you mentioned earlier, the shamelessness of it, which teaches Mm. us that you can be quote unquote shameless with God. You can be totally mm-hmm. real with him. You can annoy God. Not really. He was not going to be annoyed, but you can you can feel like you're annoying God because he would rather have you talk to him, even if it's, you know, maybe a negative thing than not talk to mm. him at all. So Jesus is telling us, come at whatever time, talk about whatever you want to talk to and just come and talk to me. He wants that communication, that, that connection with us. So I really love that story that Jesus put in here.
3: Can mm-hmm. I say something?
2: Great, great. Here? Well, hold
0: that thought, Israel. we got to go to a break and we come back and we'll listen to what Israel has to say in defense of my story about him.
1: <laughs> has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces now back to the discussion
0: hey welcome back friends we're gonna go to israel for his response
3: in the previous in the previous segment we were talking about persistence and john was talking about how it's not there's a difference between persistence and vain repetitions and many Mm. times we ask ourselves a question like why does god make us be so persistent and Mm. uh you know this my, my my oldest boy he's graduating from eighth grade and, uh, he, he has a special gift that he really, really wants. And he's asking for this gift like almost every single day. As a matter of fact, he even asked last night when I got home from work, asked about it again. And, and he finds subtle ways to bring it up, subtle ways to bring up this topic. The funny thing is he doesn't know is that I already actually bought the gift for him. I have it right here, right on, right in, in, in the studio that I'm in. Does, does and, he
0: know that or have you just announced that on, on TV? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I just posted on TV, but so he, you know, this is going to air afterwards, but, but I already have it. Now, the the, the the reason why I don't tell him I have it is because mm. he's a teenager now, you know, he rarely has any conversations with me. And so this mm-hmm. is a great way. I, I crave the conversation. And, and so many times, this is the thing, like if God answers our prayer immediately, number one, we won't appreciate the gift as much. Number two, we'll, we'll cease if God gives us what we want immediately, we'll stop talking to him. That's just human nature. And so a lot of times, mm-hmm. persistence is there to help us develop a relationship with God and also to help us more clearly understand his character. And I think that's why God allows this this persistence as a necessity in, conversa- in conversation with him. And that's something that kind of just mm-hmm. really struck me. Mm-hmm. I really mean, like that.
2: There is an interest. <laughs> An we'll do Siku and then making... Jonathan. Let's do that. Okay,
1: sure. <laughs> well, I will say that I really like that because um just thinking about prayer as as part of a relationship, not as a slot mm-hmm. machine, right? Where you go and you oh, slot no 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 yeah. uh, vending machine. Vending machine.
3: Yeah.
1: Um the slot machine is chance. So a vending machine, you go and you deposit you your memory. And, yeah. <laughs> and you get what you want. But um it's not just going to get what you want from God, but it's actually a conversation mm-hmm. in the context of a relationship. Um, and because sometimes we view it as a vending machine, like I just want to go to God and get what I need from him and then I can go about my life. Being persistent mm-hmm. gets difficult. But going back to Luke chapter 11, this persistence is of the context of a friendship, right? So mm-hmm. it it seems like the friendship emboldens this individual to continue persisting with their request in the context of this friendship is like, you know, I have what I need. I have what I need. You know, like he's not going to send me to jail for banging on his door because we're, we're friends. He may not want to get out of bed because it's late, but we're friends, you know? So there's kind of like a relationship context in which this persistence happens. And I think that's part of, you know, why God requires persistence from us is to develop that relationship, that friendship with him.
0: Mm-hmm, Jonathan.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, persistence in the presence of God is really the process of, tuning into his will because we don't know his will we don't understand righteousness but god is changing us right the process of sanctification he's transforming our lives and the more time we spend with him the more we persist and uh, the more we will learn his will we will realize oh this thing i've been persisting on might actually not be good for me sometimes the silence mm-hmm. of god in the light of persistence is teaching us about him and then when he does answer it teaches us also about okay this is something that is in the in harmony with his will so Persistence in his presence uh, transforms our understanding of who he is and gives us uh, a a greater appreciation also for the character of God.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you all have really brought out this theme of, of persistence and later on in verses what 9 through 13 uh Luke is really emphasizing the goodness of God and that's something that that Israel has brought out like the good character and i think these two ingredients are so crucial because if god wasn't good and he just god wanted us to be persistent if we could take israel's uh, object lesson he's just kind of like you know uh, dragging us along on this game just because he needs someone to talk to and his teenager son us won't talk to him but we know that God is a good god and we know that Israel is a good dad and probably there's going to be a relationship that's deep, that's deepened after uh, this gift but the two work together to work together and the apex really seems in verse 11 I'm sorry verse 13 uh, which we didn't read in the opener. verse 13 if you then being evil I think that's just a really profound insight into the, the, the nature of humanity. We don't have time for that. but you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Uh, will you give? Will your heavenly Father give? Uh, other versions in, in, in Matthew says good things, but here in Luke specifically says, the Holy Spirit to, to those who, who ask him. So tie this into to discipleship. Um, how, how What is Jesus trying to teach in the larger picture for every disciple, from his original 12 all the way down to us? What are the principles of prayer for discipleship for us? Let's start with Israel.
3: Well, the, the, the foundation of God's character is love. That's clearly what he establishes in, in this passage. And he's basically saying, you will not persist in prayer if you do not really believe deep inside your mind that God is good. We won't persist mm. in prayer. If we don't believe mm-hmm. de- that God is good and that he has the bread to give to us. And lastly, mm-hmm. that we have nothing to give the people before us. Because, you know, if this friend uh, that comes not like dates or nuts or something, he would say, look, I don't have much, but here it is. Here's what I have. Right. And that's the mm-hmm. temptation that many times we have. We think we have something to offer. But the foundation mm-hmm. of discipleship must be I have nothing to offer the people. God is good. And he has what I need in order to be a a successful disciple of him. And if me as an evil person, if I know how to give good gifts to my children, then the question Mm. is how much more will give us the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, by the way, is the universal gift. If you look at the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit gives commandments. The Holy Spirit fills people. The Holy Spirit gives discernment. The Holy Spirit gives comfort. The Holy Spirit gives whatever you need at that time. The Holy Spirit's the answer. It's the universal answer. And he's willing to give Mm -hmm. us that. And that's Mm -hmm. profound.
0: Mm -hmm. It's shocking.
2: Yeah, it's a powerful uh, gift. The Holy Spirit is God's presence. It is God in your life. And what the text here actually says in the Greek is that um, this, and this comes back to persistence, it says here, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Greek indicates a continual form of asking this is a daily thing a daily connection because your capacity to receive more and more of god is really like god eternal and so as we walk with god as we are disciples of jesus through the presence of the holy spirit in our lives who we can ask for we are transformed changed empowered as israel was saying in the book of acts uh, he was guiding the disciples into witnessing into into amazing opportunities to share more about jesus with others Which means, this is what it means to be a disciple, um, to be filled with his presence. And that happens in this time of prayer, in a continual, um, prayer exercise. Just like we breathe air, we, in the same way, we need to pray and have this constant connection with God as disciples of Christ.
0: I love the foundation that you're all laying here is that there's this persistence factor. The old King James calls it importunity. We don't use that word anymore. But that persistence, like we talked about in another point, is not just repetition, 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 but its foundation is in the relationship, is through the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, a, it's a persistence of, of fervency, of zeal uh there, there's this concept of shamelessness that we need before god a raw openness and that's something that's developed uh not through some kind of you know some some manual or some book or through some just just principles to follow that's that's mm-hmm. an organic thing i think that's that's very mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to describe uh just from you know a program so to
3: speak and, it, and um, it's developed it's, developed just i'm sorry real quick It's developed based on sense of need. That's what it's developed Mm -hmm. from. If you catch the story, he's got nothing to offer. That's why he's willing to be raw. That's why he's willing to be crazy and insane and dramatic because he understands he's got nothing to offer. And I think when we have Mm -hmm. reached that place in our experience, then we will really learn what it means to be raw with God.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, what's funny is, like, what comes to mind is, like, when we're talking to each other, like, even in this, uh, in this, in this format that we have here with the four screens, or even in our friendships, or just any relationship, there's like these social rules, like, hey, we're supposed to do this, don't do this, like, I don't go up to his room and just kind of like flick him in the forehead. And like, you know, I don't use so a couple, like, we always have these, these social rules. Not, but then there's also these there's also these, these other, other things like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't say it this way. They may understand me the wrong way or I, I may, I, I got to say it this way. use this word or whatever. There's always this, these, these, these layers that, that impact your communication. But with God, all these layers are out and it's just, you know, heart to heart, no rules, no, no rules of engagement, no rules of, of whatever. I just, it's just, it's pure. And and that's 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 the communication that, that Jesus had with the Father. Very mm-hmm. very profound uh, uh, practice for me to I mean to be inspired by as as a disciple. Um, you know, my thoughts go to First Thessalonians chapter five, where where uh, Paul says that we should pray without ceasing. Yeah. So can you, cal- um, Jonathan, tie this in the ceasing, uh, listenness, persistence, the passion, and Jesus,
2: mm-hmm. create a composite picture for us here. Well, so as we discussed, uh, the the persistence is not about uh, vain repetitions. It's about um, showing that uh, God cares, having that connection with him through which we are transformed. Uh, The Persistence Mm. is the process through which uh, God um, teaches us about his loving character. And um, he shows us in the process that he is good, that he's going to help us. I mean, we didn't even touch upon the subject of, of spiritual warfare and prayer prayer is so much more than just talking to god it is also learning from him how to interact with this world how to witness and mm. how to break mm. down uh, spiritual barriers in our own lives and in the lives of other people so being a disciple of jesus it means to be a prayerful uh, soldier for christ uh, who mm. who more and more becomes like jesus in the process of walking with him and prayer is essential uh, as we said earlier it's like breathing uh, in the process Mm, I love the point about how to
0: interact with the world through prayer. That that has that a, a profound point. We'll go to Siku.
1: Well, I, I just wanted to point out that at the beginning of the passage that we read, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And mm. what we've been discussing here demonstrates that Jesus, yes, he gave them the Lord's Prayer that when you study it, it's principles that you can you implement into your prayer life. But he didn't just give them a formula. He gave them, there's an attitude that you approach God with. So when they said, teach us how to pray, he said, prayer is not the words that you're saying, but about the relationship that you have with your Father in heaven.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to thank each of my friends for their wonderful insights on prayer. Please follow our episodes, past, present, and future at hopetv.org and join our social media channels. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse.